Good morning. Welcome to Heart and Soul Center of Light. My name is Ron Marshall, and I'm a licensed practitioner and founding member at Heart and Soul. And I'm honored to be facilitating our meditation experience this morning. This morning, we're taking the opportunity to immerse ourselves in stillness so that we may connect with the knower within so that it may be our guide during this time of change. Wherever you are, I invite you to make yourself comfortable so that you may be open to divine guidance. Know that right where you are, God is, and therefore it is safe and sacred space. So if you're willing, I invite you to gently allow your eyes to close and take this opportunity to relax and let go of all that has transpired up until this moment. Join me in taking a deep conscious breath. Breathe in and release with a sigh. Now give thanks for your breath as you gently allow it to return to its natural rhythm. Take a moment to notice the path your breath takes through your body. While the path our breath takes like each of us is unique, every breath is part of the one breath which is breathing us all. Let your breath be an ever-present reminder of your oneness with spirit and its ever-availability as a guide and source of inner peace, love, and clarity, regardless of outer circumstances. As we enter the stillness, remember to focus on your breath, and I offer this affirmation as our guide. I have been that I have been. I am that I am. And I will be what I will be simultaneously.
I have been that I have been. I am that I am. And I will be what I will be simultaneously. I now invite you to return your awareness to the space you're in. To do so, you might focus on your feet and notice and feel the support of the floor beneath. You might gently rub your palms together and begin to expand your awareness and feel the space around you. And when you are ready, I invite you to gently allow your eyes to open. This completes our meditation experience. And so it is. Thank you for creating this safe and sacred container of love for our service this morning. We have a wonderful opportunity during these times to spend more time being still and renewing our relationship with the one. And I invite you to do so whenever, wherever, and however possible. It has been a pleasure and an honor to facilitate this morning's meditation. Thank you. Welcome to our first ever partially in-person Sunday service at Heart and Soul Center of Light. We are so grateful to have folks here with us this morning. My name is Sonia Russell. I'm a licensed practitioner and proud founding member here at Heart and Soul. It is my great pleasure to welcome you and to have you with us this Sunday, May 30th. My job is to let you know how you can be fully engaged here at Heart and Soul. I want to start by making sure that you let us know where you're tuning in from. We know that we have folks uh, joining us from all over the world, and we want to make sure that you let um, us know through the chat where you are today. Heart and Soul's theme for 2021 is Adventures in Faith, Rise Up. We are very blessed to be deeply rooted in this idea of just rising up and taking back our lives. We're in the daily read of Around the Year with Emmett Fox, uh, which is absolutely transforming our lives We're inviting you to stay connected in all the ways there are to stay connected, including our Facebook page, our YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and in all the ways in which you podcast. I'm also wanting to let you know that there's an opportunity for us to give in community later on today, um, but you can give anytime by visiting our website, heartsoulcenter.org slash give. Uh, You can also text to give at 510-500-5849. And... In order to get all of the things that you need right in your email box, you can sign up for our, our weekly recap, which is heartsoulcenter.org slash sign up. And I want to make sure that you are joining us in being deeply steeped in our community affirmation, which is thank you for everything. I have no complaint whatsoever. 
Around the Year with Emmett Fox is our weekly review. We're getting together and in community online on Mondays. Um, this Monday, that's tomorrow at 6.15 p.m. Pacific time. And starting this month, practitioner facilitation will happen just on the third Mondays. And so June 21st is the next time, but I know that folks are still gathering in community. So we're inviting you to continue to be with us on Mondays for our uh, Emmett Fox Review. You can get in there by visiting heartsoulcenter.org slash Monday Review. That takes you right into the Zoom. You can also dial in that phone number is 669-900-6833. The meeting ID for that is 863-1958-2628. We want to make sure that you know, family, that prayer works because we believe that prayer works in everything and in every situation. So there are many ways in which you can be um, supported by our prayer and care village, beginning with service, after-service prayer. It happens about 10 minutes following the end of service um, to make sure that we are there to support you via group prayer. Uh, And it actually also happens on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific time. So you can dial in to the number at 669-900-6833. The meeting ID is 729-205-089. You can also have access to our 24-7 prayer request line where you call and a prayer facilitator will give you a call back. That phone number is 510-607-7747. Additionally, you can email your prayer. We want to make sure you have all the ways in which you can access prayer family. You can send an email to prayerandcare at heartsoulcenter.org. Additionally, we have our Power of Prayer podcast for such a time as this. We want to make sure that you have the opportunity to have prayer in your pocket That's 24-7 access to prayer. In order to get started or to access the files that we have there, visit heartsoulcenter.org slash podcast. And I'm very excited to let y'all know that summer school is coming. If you haven't been a part of summer school before, yes, be excited about it, family. Save the date for our 2021 virtual summer school. It's happening July 28th to August 25th. That's five Wednesdays, and we're inviting you to make sure you mark your calendar because you know it's going to be a good time. And so, family, this is our opportunity to allow ourselves to be fully present in this moment. Our vision was revealed to us before we were a church in any configuration, and so we like to make sure that we allow ourselves to be grounded in it. And so together, family, We are a loving and compassionate, world-class teaching and empowerment ministry. Through a consciousness of universal God presence, we release all resistance, separation, and fear. We claim our personal liberation and accept the eternal availability of joy, love, and abundance. Through our intention to be love and spread joy, we engender reflections of the same and more in others. Our ministry is a gift to the world, which expands through our practice and dedication. We welcome all people, and together we make a quantifiable positive difference on the planet. And so it is. And so, family, I invite you to allow yourself to be fully present in this moment. Finding our breath, 
allowing ourselves to be grounded and present. Putting down everything that happened before this moment. We can always pick it up later. And giving no real concern to all that must happen, we trust the divine unfoldment of God. We simply allow ourselves to be here now where we are touching and agreeing, where we are remembering to remember that God is, that we are, and that all is truly well. I know that the divine force that kept us while we slept and woke us this morning is the same force that rose the sun, brings the ocean to the shore, our skin is made of stardust. We are one with the divine perfection of the entire universe. It is without exception. It is regardless of appearances. God is always unfolding perfectly in each and every one of our lives. And so it is from this place of unwavering faith, this place of remembering to remember and knowing that I know that I, Sonia, speak my word on behalf of my beloved Heart and Soul Center of Light community, knowing, trusting, remembering that the goodness of God is always being made manifest in our lives. Our heart's desires are being made manifest today and every day. I know that we live lives filled with love, where we see love, where we are love, we experience it, we share it, we accept it. Love is the answer. I know that we are living our lives from a place of knowing our divine health and wellness, where we are vital and strong, where we know that hmm, our breath allows us to be fully present in this moment, and we ground ourselves in the self-care of our divine body temples. I know, family, that we are prosperous with money to spend, save, and share. I know that we are in relationships where we are seen, where we feel safe, where we are comforted. I know that the community that we surround ourselves has our backs, knows what is ours to do, be, and have on this planet. I know that the goodness of God is being revealed in each and every one of our lives, moment to moment and breath to breath, and I am grateful. I'm grateful for this community. I am grateful for all that we are and all that we endeavor to be. I am grateful for the hearts and the hands that support Heart and Soul Center of Light. I am grateful for the way we show up on the planet being a beacon of light and love and transformation. I am grateful for our board, for our practitioners, our ministers. I am grateful for our beloved Reverend Andriette for her yes for her clarity, for her vulnerability, for her willingness to be the one. I am grateful this day and every day, family, for the good sense to be grateful. And it is in my perfect gratitude that I simply release this word into the law. I'm giving thanks that it is done, not only because I speak this word, but because that I know it to be written on our hearts. And so we simply allow it to be so now and forevermore. And so it is. Morning, heart and soul. This is, um, well, I consider it a very auspicious, well, all Sundays are, 
That's where we we get our spirituality on in a deeper way. I know y'all are in deep and consistent spiritual practice, so that doesn't really apply to you. But for those who join in on Sunday, this is a very special Sunday for a couple of reasons. The first of which for me personally is that this is the first time in over a year that I've been in a room, in one room for an extended period of time for, with about 25 people. So there are about 25 of us here now. And let me, let me speak to you very clearly about what's happening. We expect to uh, reopen services uh, for the public sometime in July. And I say we expect because we have to see what that requires so that we are fully ready. And in order to do that, this is a soft opening, if you will. So we've invited our leadership team and just about half of those folks uh, are here today. And we probably will do it again. Again, it will be a small closed group. It's, I'm sure it'll be a version of the leadership team. Why? Because I can count on them. They already know the mission, vision, purpose, and intention. And so they are, frankly, charged with supporting us and ensuring that that's what we're executing. So that's why this group is here. So it already answers your question if you had one about why not you. Now, I know some of y'all are already thinking that I wouldn't be there if you paid me. I would not yet be in the room. And that's okay. It will be the full spectrum of responses. Those who are going to wait till November to show up or next year sometime, and those who are already packed and ready to be here this afternoon. And we'll let you know, my expectation is that it will be in July, not before. I know California is expected to be fully open um, mid-June. For us, our church services will look, I'm expecting, more like July. Um, so just be in prayer with us. I'm going to ask you to trust the process to trust us, and we're going to continue to hang out together in doing this. Um, there is the other reason why today feels like such an auspicious occasion and an opportunity, in a sense, for me to think in terms of the... Um, hmm, I would, I'm thinking about how to apply our theme of adventure and faith and our call to rise up as well because today also happens to be the 100th anniversary of uh, the massacre the Tulsa massacre which actually today's the 30th it was May 31st 1921 the 31st and the first so it was just so I'm going to um, I'm going to ask you to do the research I'm not going to try to tell the whole story. I am going to tag it, though. And here's, here's what my ask is for you today, though, is that often in, for as long as I have been a minister and even before, what I notice is that folks gather and there's a message and it hits them in a way and their response to the hit is not, how am I going to apply this in my life beginning right now? Instead, it's, God, I wish so-and-so was here. Because so-and-so needed this message. I don't know. Is this going to be recorded? Because I need to get this to so-and-so. And it just tends to bypass our any sense of, I am so grateful I'm here right now. Because had I missed this, 
I would have missed this hit about my life. And so I'm going to ask you to let so-and-so take care of so-and-so just for today. I know you can pick so-and-so up next week. But for right now, I'm going to ask you to be so-and-so. And for you to really suspend your doubt about the way it applies to you and instead begin to see how can I apply this in my life immediately? What does this have to do with me? Not any other person, situation, or circumstance. To focus on yourself as the idea. So 100 years ago, today essentially, here's what, it's almost like the secret massacre. And, and when I think about that, something in that idea, my blood starts doing a little something. Because how do you keep a massacre secret? Only in America. Now, I don't know that that's true, that it's only in America, but I'm only, I've only lived and been a citizen of America, and I see it consistently here, where it happens in public view, and thousands are impacted, if not million, and millions, and then there is the, the um, reconstruction, the reinvention of history, so that it is essentially either has it disappear or it turns it into, because for years it was known as the Tulsa riot, which is, by definition, it's entirely different. It's entirely different. A riot does not like, contain. It's not the bigger piece. And so there's, there's more that's happening. And I'm going so I'm, I'm to ask you to do your own research. Develop a relationship with Google for starters, and then go beyond that. So here's the thing. In my preparation, that's, that's so much a part, of, I, a part of what I do that I love, is my research and preparation. And I learned two words that I, didn't need, that I feel like I want my life to be where I don't need to know these words. And one, I saw it, I, I learned that it was pronounced two different ways, so I'm going to go with the easier one. Pogrom which is a violent riot aimed at the massacre or expulsion of a local ethnic or religious group. Now, largely, it's associated with Jews. And so when we go back to the Holocaust, it's a word that is, but I'm applying it here as well. The other word is um, strafed, and it means to attack repeatedly at close range with bombs and machine gun fire, from low-flying aircraft. Now, you know, part of our claim to fame as Americans is that we've never fought a war on our soil, past the, as Americans, the United States of America, because if we say the Civil War, that's pre the organization of that in the most formal sense. But this activity would have you think maybe not so, because by all definitions, these two specific warlike actions and attacks took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But not in the entire city. Instead, it was in the district of Greenwood. Now, if you live here in the Oakland Bay Area, you may be familiar with Montclair. And many people feel like Montclair is a city. It is not. It's a district of Oakland. 
So if you can imagine that there was an attack, but just in Montclair, by air and street armed attack, can try to wrap your mind around that. Wherever you live, surely there's a city that within it is a large prosperous district, because my sense is it only gets to be called a district by its prosperity and its need for other services that get it to be a district. I need you to hear this because there's a whole progression. So I'm going to move pretty quickly. What I want you to know is that um, there are Stratford and Gurley are the two men who in the early 1900s purchased massive tracts of land that ultimately became Greenwood. And so that's the area, if they're showing you the slide now, that's the area of Tulsa where all of this happened. But again, I need you to know it's just an area, and this attack did not like accidentally spread out through all, throughout all of Tulsa. That's, there's so many things here, so many things that, that uh, you know, part of me wants to pull up a chair at this point because they're like so many things. This is, here's the thing that Hannibal B. Johnson, who is the education chair of the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre Centennial Commission, said, he said, black folks faced an economic detour. So they've established themselves as this district because what I left out is that Greenwood was a, I mean, black I want to say majority because there were a few other folks there, but for all purposes, the way we look at it now, it would be a black district. And prosperous such that they had, it reminds me of what my mother described in her growing up in Texas. My mother's from Houston, Texas. And of course, it was segregated. So the way she described it is they had everything they need. They went to black schools. They went to, uh, you know, the, their entertainment was largely, she says, they did go to the, the uh, main cinema in the town and they would, they'd be all upstairs. They had to be in the balcony. But it was very much a closed system, if you will. Black teachers, black preachers, black doctors, black dentists, black whatever you went to see because you were not included. So this is what he's saying. He says that black folks faced an economic detour. He said that when they approached the gates of the wider Tulsa, they were excluded from the economy, the politics, from all of it. So what did they do? They were turned away there, so they built their own. They built their own. And they, what it created was a rather insular community. Now, for, for black folks, this is the way, when I first heard about Greenwood and other communities, similar, that there's such pride in that. And I never thought about, in my own mind, heart, about how that hit against other folks. The main, what Tulsa, the city of, what their economy was like, or how they perceived their business opportunities because black folks had this insular economic system. We often speak of it ourselves in our closed groups and families and whatever, but it's with, we have since Greenwood, since the massacre, since Rosewood, since, 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 we have come to, to and live in the risk of 
risk, live in the projected risk of doing, organizing. There's, there's even the, the, the book, the title of which is something like, why are all the black kids sitting together? And it's because that's a real question. Why are y'all trying to be together? What are you up to? So uh, I'm laying some groundwork here as best I can in the limited time that I have for us to do this. So what we have is Greenwood, this district of Tulsa that has an amazing economic system and social system and, dare I say, had it going on. Here's the thing. It became the talk of the town. But I told you it wasn't a town. It was a district. So it's the talk of the town. And out of that, there becomes, there's a response to it. So there is an incident, and I'm not even going to try to, because there are a few different versions, but none of them contain anything that would be worthy of a, a, dis, a city attack where officials, by the way, both of those words require the system to do it. It's not like family against family. It's not the Hatfields and whomever. It's not that. This is where the system, where the power, where the officials, you know, where they authorize the tanks and the airplanes and whatever is going to be dropped and however it's going to happen. It's that kind of conspiracy. It's not even a conspiracy. It's just that that's what has been determined that is going to happen. So when this happens, let me just tell you a little bit about the town that, that most black folks live together. The folks who were in Tulsa, most of them lived in Greenwood. And the idea here is that it included several grocers and newspapers and movie theaters. Now, right now, what we experience in the inner city is this um, um, <laughs> social service devastation. We just, the, what is it called? There's a term for the desert. Exactly, in terms of services, the grocery stores that are required, the, the medical resources, the health care, all of it. Yes, you understand what I'm saying? But Greenwood was entirely different than that. So doctors and dentists and lawyers and clergy and the large black churches and source, resources for everyone taking care of themselves, entertainment, cinemas, live theaters as well, hotels hotels, more than one, and one in particular was said to have been at such a standard that it really was known. Now, in the vernacular, you can extrapolate that there'd be haters. Because whatever the incident was, was so insignificant and so kind of one-on-one, not unusual for the time, not unusual at all. That kind of incident had happened many times, and it had more often a more closed and inappropriate and exaggerated response where black folks and white folks come together and black folks end up lynched and killed. But it never resulted in taking out an entire town district. Am I making sense with this? Okay. So they had their own leaders and their own capital. 
It was the reinvestment. Now, one could say because they could only invest in themselves, if that makes sense. Okay. So what I want to invite you to do, what I found online is that the New York Times has an interactive program. And so I'm, I'm going to ask them to put it in the chat, and you all can see it on the screen right now, that when you go, you, you can, it, it moves you through the district, and as you, you don't even have to click, but as you, pardon me, move your mouse through, it begins to light up what the different buildings represent. And what I love about it, it is that it, it moves it from this global kind of idea that could be an exaggeration that they had pretty much everything, you get to see, oh my goodness, look at the ice creamery. Look at the this, look at the, all the cafes, look at that. And in many cases, they, in some of the cases, they'll also tell you a little bit about the folks who, who owned it or who, who uh, founded it, who started it, and their interconnection and all that they did. I want you to see that. I want you to know also, I'm going to get all up in your little house business now, is that there are about three or four documentaries and features that are out right now being currently televised that y'all can record or, or just, you know, I don't suggest you try to watch it with popcorn because there's no way to watch people, you know, devastation like this. It's not entertainment, but it's what we must know. It's what we must know. Some of you will be moved to read some of the books that are out about it, but regardless, it's important that you know. This is a composite image that just gives you a sense of Greenwood ablaze during the massacre. Because sometimes we, we talk about this, but, but we, don't, we have a different picture. But when you see that kind of smoke, I want you to have an awareness of the magnitude of what's happening. And then there are a few other photos that... We select it just because I don't want to just gloss over it. I want to give you, give you more of a real time, just a sense of that it qualifies as a massacre. We've seen riots. We've been present. We've seen them televised. This is something else. Yes, y'all? Yes. So. In 1965, in response to the March on Washington and Bloody Sunday church bombing in Birmingham, Alabama, Curtis Mayfield wrote a song that has a timeless theme. And I want us to apply it. You, you know, it's, it's what I do. I'm, I'm going to bring the the song and the integration of it. So I'm, I'm wanting to plant it in you so that you can join me in this awareness that in the lyrics of this particular song, because he has a whole catalog of work, all, much of which could qualify for what I said so far. But in this particular one, he says, people get ready. There's a train a-coming. Now, whenever we think about train, some of us could immediately, in this context, go to the Underground Railroad. Whatever it is, we know it's a way out. 
we know it's going to take us a distance. That's what a train is. We're never thinking about, I'm going to take the train from here to there. It's, I'm going to take the train away from here. I'm going to go the distance by train. It's also this notion of there's a train coming. I'm going to liken it to the way that those in the room, we were playing, we were playing some music just while we were, before we were going live, that all were connected with thanksgiving and blessing. And so I'm going to say to you that this notion of a train of coming is about a blessing on blessing on blessing on blessing on blessing, that it's continuous and non-stopping blessing. I'm trying to say that we, this is a time for readiness, for divine preparation, for an awareness that regardless of what has happened and because of what has happened, taking all of that into consideration, that there's a moment right here and now where I am getting ready to take the train, the train that in includes all the blessings, all the good from a point of thanksgiving. Look here, he says very specifically, you don't need no baggage. Don't bring that mess with you. You don't need no baggage. Don't bring nothing. Stand in the right now. Stand in the truth of your current beingness, your current awareness. Just bring you. Might need to do a little forgiveness in order to get on. But the idea is travel light, travel pure. And then he says very specifically, just get on board. Whatever you have to do, get your butt on the train. Be there before it leaves the station. Is this making sense? He says what? All you need is faith. All you need is faith. Faith is the key. Open the door. Y'all know the lyrics. Open the door and board it. Faith is the key. Use it to open the door for all of the blessings to move beyond because. Say, you don't need no ticket. Say, you don't need no ticket. But what you do need is gratitude. A heart of thanksgiving and a spirit of gratitude. And he says very clearly, just thank the Lord. So that's where, that's the point from which, the understanding from which, the awareness from which I'm asking that you hear this song. Curtis Mayfield wrote a song about it. Here it go. Yeah. 
get ready. Get ready right now. There's a train a coming and y'all, you know, I got the pogo stick in my hand. You know, I'm not getting on it for the same reasons I'm not get, I didn't get on it before, but I want you to see it as a metaphor for the requirement that in order to get on the train and stay on the train, we're going to have to go deep and rise high. That it's all required. It's not like which one you want to do. Do you want to rise high or do you want to go deep? You're going to have to go deep in order to rise high, if that makes sense. And if not, you're going to have to take some classes. You're going to have to get and sit more, more deeply, uh, more stillness, more availability to the divine guidance that will help you to sense the, the essential nature of putting your all into it. And, and going as deeply as you can, the other, just uh, day before yesterday, I was walking down my block and um, a little child in my neighborhood, on my block that I'd never seen before across the street was on a pogo strick, stick. And I said, well, now, you know, I don't need no signs. Just, I, <laughs> I already understand clearly what time it is. But it was just to watch this kid that I'm guessing was somewhere 9 to 11 years old was just had it going on. And you realize, like I've been saying to you, that there's no way to make this work without going deep first to get the propellant to it, to get the jump to it. You have to take it. You got to go deep. And I think sometimes that scares us. Look at here. You know, I also talked about Mark 9. We're not done. Because this notion in Mark 9, and it's, it's the story where the man brings his son who is, we, we're imagining, it sounds like an epileptic seizure. Who knows what it is? But when I say that, that might give you a picture to help you have a sense of it. And what we know is that the master teacher, Yeshua, said to the father that if you're able to believe everything is, if, see, look at here, if, if you can get into the depth of it, you can rise into the height of whatever is possible in your situation and circumstance. That it is the law. It's not like because I like you. It's not like because you came here today. It's not because you've done something good. It has to do with the law. And so if you can believe so completely that you put your all into it, 
And it is said, Scripture records that the, now, again, depends on the translation, but the, the gist of it is this, that the father cried out just weeping tears that I believe. I really do believe. Help thou often says my unbelief, but there's a translation that I'm growing to prefer. Help thou my little belief. Because I believe, but I don't believe enough to do what you're doing. So help me believe more deeply. Help me to believe more widely. Help me to believe more highly. Help me to, help me to move beyond my limited faith. And I think that that meets us all exactly where we are. Because I've never, I've never met a, nobody is without faith. The question is what you got faith in. I told you before, I learned that I had amazing faith in Bart. Just sitting there riding. Got on, got a seat, and then got busy doing other stuff. I wasn't sitting up close watching the driver. I wasn't checking no credentials to make sure this wasn't a runaway trip. I don't know what's going on with that person at all. But just riding, safe. when we get in our cars. And some of y'all say, well, you know, pedestrian. Yes, pedestrian, let's go there. Because what you know in California, you got to ride away. <laughs> and you do legally, but you don't have no bumpers. But you have faith in the drivers you don't even know. Or the condition of their cars, which by looking at them could be questionable. But it's what do we believe in? And what I'm come today to say, let's, let's draw our energy in so that we're believing in what matters. Come on, Greenwood consciousness. Let's believe in something else. So see, this is it. I had a hard time coming to y'all today because, look, don't go nowhere, Pam. Um, here's, here's why. We know for sure that it's done unto us as we believe. Here's what I have to say about Greenwood and Rosewood and all of our individual experiences in life that ended in our own devastation. That often they spook us. You understand what I mean when I say spook? In my own life, I've had those situations where I'm rocking and rolling. I know what I know. I'm doing what I do. I'm being who I be. And then something happens that challenges it for me. And on a good day, I just go right on. Like, I don't know what you're looking at. Situation. I don't know what you're looking at, circumstance. Because I got this. And then on other days, I need somebody to remind me of my very name. Because I've been so spooked by the situation. So here's what I have to say. This is why I, wouldn't, I didn't want to spend a lot of time talking about the details of Greenwood. Because I want to talk about the, 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 the personal impact. I want to talk about the, 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 the psychological, the emotional wounding, the trauma. I want to talk about the PTSD that nobody immediately talks about. That there's no way to have gone through that and not be affected. There's no way. But having said that, let me just say that the record shows that some of those folks who were burned out and devastated out of Greenwood stayed and rebuilt. 
There's a consciousness. that is recorded in scripture as those, it, it, it often sounds so unfair. Those that have will have more. And from those that don't have, what they have will be taken. And it's a law of, it's by, con, by right of consciousness. So there are some folks that you can't take it. Even if it's not physically there, it, they get it from where they got the first one. <laughs> that's an advanced, that's an advanced application of the law, though. That's an advanced practice for most of us, for many of us. So many it makes most. The devastation, the post-traumatic stress syndrome, and the very intention of it, by the way. What is it called? Gaslighting? The very intention of it is to keep you unable to respond in the most positive way, in the most productive, the most beneficial way. Is this making sense? So, so the very thing is designed, whatever the offense was, it didn't involve the whole district. It didn't involve the hotel and, and the church and the school and the, and the. It, did, it didn't include all of that. Oh, shoot. Bring me my little folded paper over there, Valda, the one in the chair, because I realize I do want to say something about something. Look, it is done unto us as we believe, so our work is to keep believing no matter what. I, not easy. That's why you got to get on the train. <laughs> you got to use your key of faith to get on the train and then pretty much lock yourself in the what they call a little private sleep, not the sleeping, the cab, the uh, whatever it is, car, in your private car on the train, just in your mind, because that's where the train is. So just see yourself, use your little key to get on, get in your private car and lock it. And just be still knowing what you have to know. I, I, just, I just got that I needed to tell you that the Red Cross reported that 12, over 1,200 houses were burned, 215 houses were looted but not burned, and the total number of buildings not burned but looted and robbed were 314. The Tulsa Real Estate Exchange estimated $1.5 million worth of damages. I'm going to ask somebody to Google for me what that is translated to $2021, please, just so we're clear. And one-third of that in the black business district. So, see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want in my Sunday spiritual talk that you are going to apply in your life, I would not want to pretend that the intention of this massacre was not specifically to devastate this district on every level. The intention to ensure as best they could that 
the application of it is done unto you as you believe would have you believe you couldn't. Because if you believe you can't, you can't. And so it was intended so that you would believe that you couldn't. Okay, so the one point, what did I tell you? $1.5 million worth of damages today, that's $20 million. I, I just need you to have a sense about what we're talking about. And what I'm really talking about is, forgive me when I say I don't care. You know I do, you know I do, but I'm saying I don't care enough for that to keep me from using my key and boarding the train to freedom. I didn't shout it at y'all so much. <coughs> Pardon me. Look, Ernest Holmes offers that. So far as you are concerned, that the law holds it holds your personal life wherever you place it. So if you place it in fear, if you place it in doubt, but it's like he, there's a place in this where he talks about that it's like you decide where you put the furniture. And you can leave it there and stumble over it every day, a few times during the day. Or you can decide, I'm tired of stumbling with this, and move it. Or get rid of that. But whatever you do, that's where you hold it. Your energy holds it that way. So this notion of don't bring no baggage is a real thing. That you get to change your position, your thinking, your attitude, your outcomes. Anytime you want. <clears throat> so this law of faith and the application of it. It operates on the, with integrity on the definite idea, the thought, and your expectancy and acceptance of whatever you implant. So for the ones who said, you know, shown up, that's what happened. They could not have denied that the building no longer existed. But they went on building and then rebuilt and had their wealth in whatever way. Now, that's this transfer of wealth and generational wealth. You know, that's a whole thing that I'm hoping y'all are already thinking about because I don't, I don't, they don't give me that much time to talk about all the stuff. So look, this idea is that we're planting ideas in mind, but we must leave them in mind. They must require, there's the, a seed will need the darkness, Ricky Byers wrote, and to change into new light. So this whole idea that the seed has to be left in the creative soil of mind until it can mature. But for those, for anybody who has a cross purpose, then the maturation of your divine idea then the goal would be to interrupt it. It would be to purposely dig it up, to purposely interfere with the process. Yes? Think reconstruction. Think school-to-prison pipeline. 
think I'm just wanting to plant a few seeds. Think of uh, affirmative action backlash. You, because in each of those, you've got something going on that's working, and then you have to have something interrupt that, which is the equivalent of digging up the seed. So I'm telling you how the thing works. I'm also saying open the door and board it. Don't be... Don't get caught up in that. Know that that's a thing, a way that it can unfold, but decide that you're not taking that. I know this is not, this is a hard teaching. This is a hard teaching because everything often, so many things in our cult, in enculturation, so many things in our enculturation says talk about the problem. Convene a circle where we start off and, Essentially, it turns into, oh, no, it's worse than that. Oh, oh, no, you ain't heard nothing yet. And there is value. Please hear me. There's value in telling the story, but don't get on the train with that baggage. There's a point at which you say, okay, I didn't tell that story long enough. I'm ready for the next story. And that varies with each person, how long that takes. So you take your time, but just know you have a key that is the law of faith. And when you're ready, use it so that you don't stay locked in a situation and circumstance of someone else's determination. Now, it can never be someone else's determination while you're living it out. See, I'm wanting you to sense that choice in there. Someone else set it up, but then you decide. So what we often have, is legions of folks with PTSD. Legions of folks who have been traumatized by racist systemic practices of the worst sort. That I see why, I, I, have, I have a bit of a, I don't have an understanding, I don't overstand this, but I have an inkling of how do you even, how do you tell your children that that's what you did? How do you tell your grandchildren? Now, some folks do, because that's the legacy intentionally. But more broadly, it's, it's problematic. So I can see that, you know, in our own lives, we don't want everything on Facebook. We're not Instagramming all the stuff. And so likewise, you can see that some of this would be hidden. But some of our work is to say, there's no way to heal it if we hide it. And so it's our work. We can't count on the folks who, who feel they benefit from hiding it because they don't know the law, clearly. But for the people who know, my mama said, this is yours because you know. I would forever be naming people who should ought to be doing that. And she's like, oh, no, you know. So you must do and live in accordance with what you know. And I, I have to tell you, no matter how I try to explain, but no, I kind of want to do it the way they do it. She's like, they don't know what you know. And, and I kind of wanted to trade in my knowing. My consciousness at the time was that, well, can I not know? But the lesson was, no, you already know. You know better. So if you're in the sound of my voice this morning, there's something you already know. I didn't tell you. 
You knew it just like you knew to tune in. You already know that the seeds, the seeds that you desire, the garden, the harvest that you are intending, envisioning, praying about, that it must be watered with hope and fertilized with expectancy. And you cannot simultaneously cry about it and weep about it and be traumatized by it and be in divine expectancy, enthusiasm, and gratitude about it. The joyous expectancy is real. It is evidence of an undeniable faith. And that, babies, works. An undeniable faith? So the master teacher taught the operation of this law of cause and effect, which is what I'm talking about here, by any name. It simply is talking about that what you put in is very related to what you get out. But it's not a passing thing. You don't, it, this is not where you just say, you know, I put some in, but I don't remember when, and I'm sure it will. You know, it ain't that. This is about the consistent, constant and consistent investment is what this is. And once you're in there, nothing can change it, he says. Nothing alters the fact that love alone begets love. That peace attracts peace. And that what you give out is what you get back. So this is why in the very beginning I said, don't start. Don't start telling me about other people. Often in any teaching that goes right to the point of how you to be, somebody wants to know what about them? What about the people who? How come that, mm -mm, we're not talking about them? And we can't because we don't know what we don't know. And even if you think you do, you don't. And you off topic anyhow, because it's about you. And the focus is on what are you doing? What are you giving? Give because it activates giving. It's not transactional. It's energetic. When you're giving, you are opening. So I know it's been taken from you. But to them that has, they're going to get has the consciousness of knowing, I can do this even without that. I can start again. Is there somebody in your life that has started again that you marvel at? You're like, how you, what? And you look up and they like, oh, and sometimes we just feel a little shame, don't we? Because you really thought that was down and out. And you look up and they like, do it. And you're like, wait, let me catch up. And it's real. Because when we do that, the law, the law responds in a way that what we are then given is in good measure, pressed down, overflowing, somebody says, running over is how it works. And we don't need to force it or coerce it in any way, shape, or form, but we must obey the law. You got to obey the law. We are on a true adventure in faith. And this 100th anniversary is reminding us of just how deep, how wide, and how high this adventure is. It has everything. Here's the thing. I'll close with this. That if 
if, if we, if you, each of us individually, if I can see the God in everything, <laughs> then Ernest Holmes says, God will look back at me through everything. So, not literally, but get the energetic of that. Which, what's the order here? It's not, I'm waiting on God to see me in everything, and then I'm going to see God in everything. It's that I must, I have to prime the pump. I'm seeing God in everything. So you see this 100th anniversary is bringing this to an awareness. Now, there are a lot of folks who knew and always knew and were already working on reparations and whatever they were doing. But there are a whole bounty of folks who, Greenwood what? Greenwood who? Greenwood how? But if they get through this year, not knowing Greenwood, they are really hiding out. Just refusing to know and be aware. But can you feel the conscious awareness of the truth? Of It becomes the answer to the silly question, why not y'all? Because there's been conscious, intentional, consistent effort to ensure that it wouldn't be. And even with the foot on the collective neck, it still has been. There's been rising. There's never, we've never stopped rising. And that's what I want us to get. That we can go as high as we want, but we gotta, we got to be in, in alignment with the law. We're going to have to let go of the ain't it awful story. It is awful. But we can't live day to day in, ain't it awful, and sore. We can know it was awful and set an agenda, set a strategy, set laws and systems in place. Come on, talk about the policy of it, the politics of it, all of that. But it's got to come from using, what did he say? Faith is the key. Open the door and board it. So look at here. I'm introducing right now Curtis Mayfield to Sam Cooke. When I say just in the words of Curtis Mayfield, keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. That's my final word to you. Well, almost. This is the, the final leg of the words is keep on pushing. And then I just want to say that there have been times when all of us thought that we couldn't last any longer. And in every situation, we realize that we're able to carry on. We thought we couldn't. But then we realize by our life experience that we're able to carry on. I know it's been a long time coming, y'all. I'm not tripping. I know it's been a long time coming. But I know. I know for sure a change is going to come. I was born by the river In a little tent mm. Like the river I've been running mm. Running ever since It's been a long 
in today's world especially, it's not easy to keep a center going. You know, often as a participant or a congregant or someone who's part of the community, we're not really thinking maybe about the electric bill and about all the many things it takes to keep a community together and growing. Some of you know that I am the founder of the Prosperity Plus programs 1, 2, and 3, and I know that your center has offered these programs to you. I'm a deep believer in tithing. And we all have giving patterns. Many of us give actually only emotionally. We give when we feel like we have a little extra. And then there's another kind of giving that's a regular repeated giving that comes with a percentage to it. And if it's not 10%, it's 5% or it's 6%, but it comes out of a decision to have circulation in your life. Planting in a beautiful place like the Heart and Soul Center of Light for the growth of a community that you has nurtured you, can nurture you further, and more than that, can spread this wonderful message to a world that is deeply hungering, even if they don't know yet that they're hungering for it. So I invite us on this day to lean in and make a commitment for percentage giving over the next year. And then turn around every three months and take a look at what's happening in your life. Something happens when you're a regular giver. And each month as you're receiving your income, a portion of it goes to support. Uh, it changes the way you feel about yourself. It changes your level of expectation of good in your life. It changes your sense of worthiness and your connection with the very source of your life. Good day, family. A change is upon us. And I know that as a people, as a spiritual community, we're ready. We're ready to meet the change with love, we're ready to meet our change with support. And there are many ways that you can lovingly support Heart and Soul Center of Light through your gracious giving. You can send a check to 5627 Telegraph Avenue, number 405, Oakland, California, 94609. You can also give online uh, at our website, heartsoulcenter.org slash give. And while you're there, you might even choose to set up your gift to happen on a recurrent basis or on a one-time basis, whatever works for you. Last but not least, you can text the word GIVE to 510-500-5849 and give that way. Whatever way you choose to give is absolutely right and perfect. It is also important for us to Maintain the proper consciousness when giving. Blessing our good, thereby establishing the good that our gift will do in the world. So wherever you happen to be in the world, I invite you to take your gift in hand or otherwise just place your hand over your heart as we say our blessing together. I bless this gift as healing energy and send it into the divine flow of all good. Infinite prosperity circulates through me through my church, and throughout the world, because I know God as source. And so it is. Thank you, Revelo. Family, I just want to remind you how you can continue to be engaged. I want to make sure you remember that tomorrow we have our Around the Year with Emmett Fox, um, facilitated by a practitioner tomorrow. And then moving forward, the group is pretty strong, right? Like we're getting together, uh, we're spending time in the practice, so we're inviting you to be with us Mondays at 6.15 p.m. Uh, you can visit heartsoulcenter.org slash Monday Review. That takes you right into the Zoom. You can also call in 669-900-6833. And then the, the meeting ID is 
1-9582628. I want to make sure you remember that we have moved. If you're considering a gift for our new church home, gift cards are a great idea. Any of the familiar retailers you see there uh, are a great opportunity to give. And we still have a few things on our Amazon wish list if you were interested in giving. I want to make sure that you know that Heart and Soul is continuing to support um, Marcus Books, our country's oldest independently owned black bookstore. And we're supporting Kingston 11, Jamaican cuisine at what's been called the town's gathering space. We want to make sure that both of these um, entities are open once we're fully back and open family, so make sure that you're supporting them on the regular. I also want to make sure that you know that Youth and Family Village is still underway on uh, Sundays at 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. The teens meet. In order to have your teen have access to that, you can have them send email to thepulse at heartsoulcenter.org. And the Youth and Family Our Youngs are meeting from, um, meeting, doing, asynchronous videos online. You can visit heartsoulcenter.org slash watchyfv. And then on the fourth Sundays, they are gathering live on Zoom so that they can be in community together. There is also a youth and family event happening today. You should have checked your emails if you're interested in being a part of it. Um, if not, you can reach out to either the Pulse at heartsoulcenter.org or yfv at heartsoulcenter.org. And family, that is my work here is done. Our beloved Reverend Andriette is here. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. So, folks, I am so grateful that we had this service today with the folks in the room and you tuning in. So grateful that you tuned in. Certainly in Oakland, you know, that's my home. Grateful that you're taking the time to be with us. And then from the expanded area of Hercules and Castro Valley, y'all better tune in out there. Capitola, Clovis, Los Angeles, Sacramento, Salida. And then for those of you out of state who are tuning in as well in Atlanta, Georgia, and Aurora, Colorado, and Boston, and um, Detroit, Jackson, Mississippi, and Jaco, Costa Rica, and Maui, and New York City, as well as San Jose, Costa Rica, and Spartanburg, South Carolina, Bahia, Brazil, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, just so grateful. And I know some of y'all didn't even tell us where you were from. But if you would, because it just, my heart is happy and just an awareness that, uh, you know, essentially we're in this love together. And it's nice to know where you are and that you're tuning in. So thank you for that. I want to remind you that, especially given my message today and your intention, your willingness to apply it deeply in your life. To, to begin anew right now, I want to invite you to be in prayer with us and to call us for prayer so that you can, you can tune in after this service. They are already getting ready to be in receipt and open to um, your, your call in. You can also, during the week, you could email us for prayer uh, on Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m., you can call in for prayer. You can also, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you can also use our blog, or our podcast rather. You can go to the podcast for, for prayers in various categories and uh, focus. The idea is that prayer works, avail yourself of prayer, no matter what. So I encourage you, to do that. Um, also, there is, you might, if 
there's also the opportunity to uh, tune into our pop videos, our vlog from, uh, there's years of, of options for five-minute segments that you can just to, you see, in order to rise up, in order to, to stay on the train, sometimes we need just a boost. We need some encouragement. And so all of these things that I'm offering you, the prayer, the blog, the vlog, the podcast, all of it is intended to help you stay in your little private car on the train as you reboot so that you can be in the world um, feeling fully resourced. You know, I put the pogo stick here so that you could see that it really is a dynamic activity that you got to go for it. And you have everything, absolutely everything, required for the journey. For today, as we center ourselves for prayer, I'm going to read for you. I'm going to ask you to just allow your eyelids to close and do whatever it is you do in terms of sitting so that your spine is straight and uh, some people feel that it works for them to sense that there's a golden cord connecting them from the top of their head into the absolute divine ethers and that that connects into the center of the earth, whatever it is that supports you in being present for this, I invite you to be and do that now. I chose this. This is a meditation that Ernest Holmes uh, did in, as a part of his um, television radio program, this thing called Life, and it fits for today. And so I invite you to know with me in our meditation today, we're going to see if we can draw very close to the spirit of acceptance. We wish to identify our lives with the divine presence and enter into conscious communication, conscious communion with the spirit which is within and around us. Let us take then as our thought let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. And as we think about the meaning of these words and enter into the spirit of them, let us try to arrive at a place of complete acceptance in our minds, a place where we actually believe that there is a law of good and a power greater than we are responding to us always and in always. It is this inward feeling and acceptance that constitutes the real faith and helps us to surrender this faith into the law of good. It was his complete surrender to the law of good that enabled Yeshua, to perform his wonderful miracles of faith. 
As we meditate together then, letting go of every disturbing thought, we turn quietly, peacefully, and reverently to the Spirit, which is not only around us, but also within us. It is this Spirit with which we commune and the law of good in which we have faith. So let each say quietly to him and herself, I know that I can make conscious use of the divine law of my being. I know that this law reacts immediately and creatively to my faith. I know that when I speak this word for myself, that there is a direct reaction toward me. I know that when I speak it for others, there is a direct reaction toward them. There is no doubt or uncertainty in my consciousness. I identify myself with the good I desire. I have complete confidence that the law of good will respond to me by creating the object of this desire. I have a quiet contentment and an inner sense of peace. I have an enthusiastic sense of well-being. I know that all the power there is, is for me. Therefore, I put on the whole armor of faith. Today and every day, I expect good. I anticipate meeting new friends. I joyously anticipate contacting new situations, which Increase my livingness. My life is an adventure, an adventure in faith. I know that wonderful things are happening to me. I know that everything I do shall turn into good for myself and for others. And for this and so much more, I am eternally grateful. I let go. I let God. Releasing this word, Ernest Holmes' words, vibrating from my energetic presence out of my consciousness. His words, me breathing life into them. I propel them now into the perfect activity of law. I know that it's done and done well in the divine, in the law of faith in the law of good, and I let it be, now and forevermore. I seal it for all eternity by simply saying, Amen, Ashe, and so it is. Love matters, y'all.